good morning and welcome to the online recorded sermon for Sunday, August the 28th. Really glad you joined me today. We're going to jump right in this morning. Uh, we're still in our six-week series on people of crazy faith. We're going to jump right in this morning, go right straight to Scripture. So join me in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to read some selected verses between verse 32 and verse 51. David said to Saul, don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Of course, David was talking about Goliath. But Saul replied, you can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth, and he's been a warrior since he was young. David answered Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, I struck it down, and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. We don't really know what Saul was thinking. Saul probably was thinking poor David was uh, taking a knife to a gunfight. But uh, Saul said, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on armor. David strapped his sword on over the military clothes and tried to walk, but he was not used to them. I can't walk in these, David said to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Instead, he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his pouch. Five stones. That's going to be important here in a minute. Put them in his pouch in his shepherd's bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. The Philistine came closer and closer to David with the shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he despised him because he was just a youth, healthy and handsome. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? Then he cursed David by his gods. Come here, the Philistine called to David, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts. And David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword, a spear, a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God in the ranks of Israel. You have defied him. Today... The Lord will hand you over to me. Today I'll strike you down, remove your head, and give the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the wild creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel has a God. And this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. He will hand you over to us. When the Philistines started forward to attack him, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine. David ran to the battle line. He didn't shrink back. He was ready and he ran to the line of the battle. David put his hand in the bag, took out one stone, slung it, and hit the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. David defeated the Philistine with a sling and a stone. David overpowered the Philistine and killed him without having a sword. 
David ran and stood over him. He grabbed the Philistine's sword, pulled it from its sheath, and used it to cut his head off and kill him. Then he, when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they fled. David ran to the battle line and pulled out the first of five stones. You know why he had five stones? Because there were five giants. Goliath had four buddies that were huge giants of men. So David picked up five stones. He figured, I'm just going to have to kill them all. And when he killed the first one, then the armies of Israel surrounded him, attacked, killed the other four, and then pursued the Philistines into their camp and littered the ground with their bodies. David was the second king of Israel after the second king, and he was, took his place after Saul. He reigned in about 1010 to about 970 B.C., he brought Israel to a position of power. And David, David was a lot of things. Uh, not all good things either. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. David was a shepherd. Uh, when David was tending the flocks and when he was taking care of the lambs, when he was killing the bears and the lions with his sling, God was preparing him to meet Goliath. It's amazing in life. I look back in my life and think back to my days when I, uh, built and ran my restaurant and, and started feeding people and getting ready to do that. I look back on that now and think how God pre was preparing me back then years ago to feed people like we do now, uh, hundreds and thousands of people that this church feeds. God will prepare us for the task he has for us later in life. David was a military leader. He was a king. Uh, he was the covenantal recipient. He was a poet. Uh, he was a mu musician, and he was a religious example. He was also an example of some dumb stuff. Uh, and we're going to talk about that kind of a little bit at the end. David had failures. He had failures as a father. He had failures as a king. And those things caused him to be recognized as an imperfect human. You know what? Just like you and me, an imperfect human who God both chastened and blessed. God blessed David, and God's going to bless us. Let's pray, and then we're going to dive in. God, thank you for what you have for us today. God, thank you that we can study your word. God, speak through me today. Let my words be clear. Let your thoughts come through. And God, thank you especially uh, for this man of faith, this great man of faith, David, and the lesson that he shows us today. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to kind of uh, dive in today and talk about David a little bit. David had, uh, David had an appearance and David had some attributes. There were things about David that really kind of stood out during his lifetime. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 18, it says this, One of the young men answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem, this would be David he's talking about, who knows how to play the lyre. He is also a valiant man, a warrior, eloquent, handsome, and the Lord is with him. David had, was known for a lot of things. He was a great musician. Uh, he, we're going to see in a little bit, some, a lot of the psalms were, were the songs of David. And so there were a lot of things that he accomplished. He had some characteristics that uh, he exhibited, the first one was his dependence on God. David, uh, especially in the Psalms, really 
aligned his heart with the heart of God. And, and he needed to because there were times that his mind was headed off uh, way toward right field. But David got his alignment back with the heart of God. He was dependent on God in 1 Samuel 13, 14. But now your reign will not endure. The Lord has found a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people, because you have not done what the Lord commanded. God, God was saying here, Samuel was foreshadowing that Saul would go out of power and that David, the one that the Lord had found a man after his own heart, would come into power. David had trust in God. In 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37, back to the passage we read a moment ago, David told Saul, your servant's been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear comes and carries off a lamb, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This is the preparation that God had. When David was tending the flocks, God was preparing him for this battle with Goliath. And David said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. He's just another lion or a bear that David thinks he can defeat. For the Philistine has defied the armies of the living God. David was loyal to other people. We talked about a couple of weeks ago one of David's mighty men, Benaiah. David had some loyal mighty men that were loyal to him. David was loyal to people as well. In 1 Samuel 20, 41 and 42, when the servant had gone, David got up from the south side of the stony Zell, fell face down to the ground, and paid homage three times. Then he and Jonathan kissed each other and wept with each other, though David wept more. Jonathan then said to David, Go in the assurance of the two of us pledged in the name of the Lord when we said, The Lord will be a witness between you and me and between my offspring and your offspring forever. Then David left and Jonathan went into the city. David was loyal to Jonathan. Jonathan came to love David, uh, uh, pure love out of his heart for David and served with David. David had a respect for those that were in a position of authority, as we have today. Um, a lot of people think that pastors ought to get political and, and ought to speak into elections and things, and that's not my job. Your job is to uh, listen to facts and make up your mind about where you think God is guiding you to, to live your life. It's not my job to make those political choices for you. I respect the people that are in authority over me. I don't have to agree sometimes with them, but I respect the office that they hold because the Bible tells us that we need to render to Caesar what is Caesar's. David respected those in authority. 1 Samuel 24, 1-7. When Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the wilderness near En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 of Israel's fit young men and went to look for David and his men in front of the rocks of the wild goats. When Saul came to the sheep pens along the road, a cave was there, and he went in to relieve himself. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. So they said to him, Look, this is the day the Lord told you about. 
I will hand your enemy over to you, so you can do to him whatever you desire. David's men were encouraging him to attack Saul and take the kingship away. Then David got up and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. And he said to his men, As the Lord is my witness, I would never do such a thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed. I will never lift my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. David recognized that Saul was in the position of power that God had put him in. And David knew that if God wanted that position of power to change, he would change it. And God, David wasn't going to do that on his own. He was going to leave that task to God. Verse 7, with these words, David, David pursued his men and he did not let them rise up against Saul. Then Saul left the cave and went on his way. You know, David could have showed up a few days later and told Saul, hey, look, you know, while you were in the cave and weren't paying attention, this is how close I was. I cut a little piece of your robe off. Well, what's to be gained by that? Uh, nothing, really. David gave Saul his due for the position of power that he held, and David, instead of fighting out, lashing out against Saul, left the conversion of the kingship from Saul to David, he left that to God because that was for God to do. David had respect for the authority of Saul, had a lot more respect for God and what God would do. So David had characteristics, but he also had, David had great abilities. We talked about a few of them uh, a little bit earlier. David was a great strategist, uh, and he was a courageous commander. David was a great commander especially of his mighty men. David could go into battle, and his, he and his mighty men were fierce in battle. In 2 Samuel 8, 3-6, it says this, David also defeated Hadzazir, son of Rahab, king of Zohatbah, when he went to restore his control at the Euphrates River. David captured 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers from him and he hamstrung all the horses and kept a hundred chariots. When the Armenians of Damascus came to assist the king, David struck down 22,000 Armenian men. Then he placed garrisons in Aram of Damascus, and the Armenians became David's subjects and brought tribute. The Lord made David victorious wherever he went. David didn't win these battles on his own. The Lord made David victorious in these battles. David was a great strategist. He was a courageous commander, but he commanded out of the authority that he was given by God. David was a musician and a poet. We talked about that just a second ago in 2 Samuel 23.1. These are the last words of David, the declaration of David, son of Jesse, the declaration of the man raised on high, the one anointed by the God of Jacob. This is the most delightful of Israel's songs. David uh, played musical instruments, and he was a poet. David had a great command of the language. David was a wise leader. In 2 Samuel 8, 15, it says, So David reigned over all Israel, administering justice and righteousness for all his people. David looked after the people. He looked after the flock that God had put in his control, and he tended that flock. Now we said when we started, David had some rough edges. David did some boneheaded stuff. I mean, he was just, 
he was just, when he looked out that window onto the house of his neighbor, it was stupid. He, somewhere he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been looking, he shouldn't have acted on what he saw, but David was a sinful man just like you and I are, and he acted out of his sinful nature. David did some dumb stuff. David committed sin, but David repented of those sinful acts. When he looked out on that roof and saw Bathsheba and decided he would take Bathsheba as his wife, that is not the right thing to do morally in God's law. Now, David was the king. Under the law of the land, under people's law, the law of the people, David was the king. He could have whatever he wanted. He could look on that roof, see Bathsheba, say, I take her, nothing wrong, in the local cultural vernacular. But that's not morally correct under God's law. David ended up uh, murdering Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, just to get rid of him. And under man's law, he had every right to do that. He was king. The king makes the rules. He could tell his soldiers, go kill that guy. I'm, I'm done with him. And they would, and there wouldn't have been anything wrong with it in that culture. That's not the way God's moral law works. What he, what he did to Uriah was wrong. The way he treated Bathsheba was wrong. He never should have been in that situation. He committed a sinful act, an act that in hindsight he might have regretted. Uh, just like you and I do things that, in hindsight, I've done stuff, I just shake my head and think, what in the world was I thinking? Or, what in the world was I not thinking about that I should have been thinking about? Well, David did those same things. But David repented of these actions. In Psalm 51, 1-19, we're going to read just parts of this. This is one of the Psalms where David reaches out to God, and I think there's some great lessons in this one. Psalm 51, starting in verse 1, Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love. According to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin, for I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Then I will teach the rebellious your ways, and sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. David did some stupid stuff. David did some great things. 
uh, for sure. Uh, it, it, and, and what we have to remember is God is not really interested in who I was yesterday. God is interested in the future me, the walk that I will have emulating the life of Jesus Christ. It's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And David finished strong. David finished well. So in this passage, in this thought today, this man of crazy faith, this, this guy that picked up five stones to go kill five giants, uh, the guy that had the army of mighty men, the guy that made the nation of Israel rise to the level that it was, the guy that told God, God, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Look at what God did with and through David. He did some great things. So the question is today, as we look back on, as I look back on me, you look back on you, we look back on our lives and we think about where we're going from here. The question I have for you is this, what can God do in and through you? What can God do in and through me? I need to get up every day and say, God, what do you have for me today? God, there may be a giant Philistine in my path that there's no way I can, I can defeat in my own power. I can defeat that Philistine in the power that you've given me. God will give you the power to defeat the Philistines in your life. That doesn't mean you're always going to get it right. You're not always going to do the right thing. You're going to step out in sinfulness from time to time. But if you'll, if you'll surrender and submit to God and let God take control, live that life patterned after the life of Jesus, you will answer that question. What can God do in and through you? God can do anything he wants to. He's God. God will do great things through you. Just let him. Just get out of his way and let him act through you. I hope this helps this week. Have a great week.